BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey everyone, big news from the boys of the last podcast on the left. Check out the last comic book on the left, our most sinister comic anthology. It now has a volume two. Please pre-order now at Z2Comics.com. We have an even bigger stable of artists and talent and writers and everyone that we did for the first one, although the first one is fucking amazing and it's still available on Z2Comics.com, but we're asking you to go pre-order number two, Z2Comics.com. You're going to like the way you read. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Guy. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hola, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hola, Ben. We are together in studio once again. It's been too long. It's great to see and smell both of you. Oh, thank you. Hope everyone is doing all right out there. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for supporting the show. We, uh, we're we absolutely uh, honored to be able to break down these current events with you in real time as mm-hmm. the world is literally on fire. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive. It's a great era for schmores. Mm. You don't even need a campfire anymore. You can just go out to the streets. If you got your marshmallows, you got your chocolate, and you got a graham cracker, you got yourself a s'more. Put it in your pocket. Have fun with it. We have a smattering of news stories for you today, but I want to start with love. We don't talk enough about love in American politics, do we? Isn't politics, hasn't it become more about hate? Yes, and fear. That's what wins elections, not love. As Roger Stone says, hate is a power more powerful motivator than love. Mm. As Steve Bannon says, mm, who cares if it has a lot of sugar? I'll eat it. <laughs> love. Bradley Cooper. Oh. oh. He's not just a actor. He also played a country singer in one uh, of the movies, but I didn't watch it. I haven't watched too much, and I and I don't know if he's still hungover from his from his feature films about being hungover, which actually there was a lot more that went into it other than just hangovers, because they weren't just on the couch the whole time. I think the name was a bit of a misnomer. Uh-huh. He's dating. Oh. Hmm. Anthony Weiner's former wife. Whoa. Huma Abedin. This is huge news from a political perspective because, of course, Huma, for those that don't know, the right-hand gal to Hillary Clinton. She's been with Hillary Clinton since the 90s, and I do want to bring up a salient point. I don't just want to sit here and talk about this because I'm fantasizing about Huma Abedin and Bradley Cooper in the midst of coitus. God knows (laughs) Anthony Weiner, Huma's former husband, total scumbag, could have been mayor of New York City even after the first scandal, but he could not stop himself from sexting underage people, making him now a registered sex offender. (laughs) Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uma has now fallen into the arms of the mighty Bradley Cooper. I want to bring up one point because Uma Abedin was in the same intern class Mm. as Monica Lewinsky. Mm. And I do want to mention something. I'm a bit of a serious note here. Look at the difference. Monica Lewinsky went to go work with Bill Clinton. Right. And Huma went to go work with a lady in Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. Obviously, these two paths diverted greatly. Mm. Monica Lewinsky was a euphemism for a blowjob for well over a decade, two decades, and she still is rebuilding her character as we speak. Uma Abedin got to go work with Hillary. She rose through the ranks of uh, political Mm -hmm. life in Washington, D.C. She had a very successful marriage, which would have worked out had Anthony Weiner again not have some real psychological problems. But I think it's important to show and point out the difference in leadership. One went to go work with Bill and she blew Bill. And it is what it is. Obviously, a bit of a different in a Mm -hmm. bit of a difference in power. Right. When it comes to an intern and a president. 
her life totally derailed. Right. And Uma, she got to go work with a lady. There was a lot of rumors that they were having sex with each other. I remember that. <laughs> but I don't think they did. Right. Hillary and, 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 and Uma, Uma just, Hillary, yeah, Hillary, was, has, Hillary has dabbled. <laughs> but I don't think it was with Uma or Huma. But I do think that's really interesting when it comes to, um, you know, where you're placed, where you intern mm. and who your boss is. Because Bill Clinton, and of course, with the assistance of Hillary Clinton and the assistance of the Democratic apparatus, both in media and politicians, destroyed that poor woman, Monica Lewinsky. Right. And unless she starts dating Bradley Cooper anytime soon, I mean, to your point, she's still rebuilding. Still rebuilding her, her name, brand, her recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, she's a survivor. And honestly, her story matters now more than ever. Um, it is interesting. I remember, Ben, for your campaign in 2017, when Ben ran for a Brooklyn Borough president. 1.8%. That's right. But before we even got there <laughs> to that staggering vote total. It was amazing to get on the ballot. We, we beat a lot of people. We had to win our Reform Party primary. And I'll never forget the night before the primary, we watched the documentary Wiener, which really <laughs> highlights uh, Anthony Wiener's run for mayor when he uh, got in trouble again. And Huma is such a tragic figure in that documentary. There's just so many shots of her looking Ugh. longingly like the, the crew wants to talk to her and she just clearly doesn't want to talk. It's so embarrassing. It is so embarrassing what Anthony Wiener did to her. Obviously, she's a grown adult. She knew what she was doing. She knows politics. She right. put herself in the limelight to some degree. She knew that there was going to be a documentary filming them. But holy crap, if you haven't watched Wiener. <sighs> right. And you don't just need to Google Wiener to find <laughs> no. it. I would say Anthony Wiener documentary. Probably good. Yeah. Check it out. It's one of the most interesting political documentaries about the fall of a man who had it all. Right. And for some, again, psychological psychosis threw it away. Did you ever see this documentary, Fernando? No, I didn't see the documentary, but I, you know, the, the it was that it was one of the first Twitter scandals, if I remember correctly. One yeah, of the it ones where big. it really ruined someone by what happened on Twitter. Right. And it was one of those rise and fall and rise and fall, kind of like mm-hmm. a wiener. And <laughs> hello. Hey, folks, he's folks. back in studio, We're folks. back in studio. But that's what it was. It's just the shocking, you know, he rebuilt. He rebuilt himself post the Congress scandal and then went for this mayor run. And really, you look at the documentary, it's so many things going for him, including his wife standing by him, giving it a second try. Massive asset, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he just, uh, again, another pun, he blew it. Big time. Mm. And me and Ben watching <laughs> oh. that, we're like, well, as long as we don't do that bad, <laughs> we yes. are a success in and our a, own run. And of course, with Anthony Weiner, it was just something, again, so bizarre in that he never physically acted out these um, fantasies, but he was just DMing underage people. Mm-hmm. And of course, the creepiest photo of all is when he's rock hard wearing underwear right. and you can see his infant child in the photo as well. And you're just like, buddy, buddy, I don't understand. But why does this matter as well when it comes to Huma perhaps dating Bradley Cooper? That's what I thought. And I asked that before the show. And right, yes. now my mind is blown because of the levels. Another to this. great pun, Fernando. Howard Stern. <laughs> The man who refuses to get out of his closet. It's extremely bizarre how much of a curmudgeon he has turned into. I don't know why. Like, he is who he is right now. They own an entire, he and his wife, Beth, own the entire floor of this New York high rise. And you think they could help, like, some homeless people or do something, but it's just full of cats. Oh. oh, And, you know, I got nothing wrong with cats. But let's be honest. Were they homeless cats? They want to be homeless. They're cats. Oh, they want to get the they hell like out of it. There. There's so many a squatter. Being a squatter in New York is not easy unless you're a cat. It's a, it's a cat heaven. You got fish everywhere. You got food on the streets. There's trash everywhere. Nonetheless, Howard Stern refuses to get out of his cat riddled casket. Uh, which, of course, is where he reports from now or broadcasts from now. And that show, unfortunately, has gone way downhill to the point that Howard Stern thinks 2024 might be the year for him. And when I say year for him, I mean to run for president. What? It's sickening. It's stupid. And I don't fully understand. This is a this is the other side of the Trump effect. Where not just crazy, right. lunatic, fringe people think they want to run for office. They also attach the fact that he was a celebrity. Howard saying, I'm a celebrity. Hmm. And now promoting the idea that he wants to run for president with running mate 
Bradley Cooper. Whoa. So you see the story with Uma. Here we go. You see Bradley Cooper being mentioned by Howard Stern. Stern wants to run. God knows what the hell that would even freaking look like. Yeah. I think he would do it seriously, unlike when he said he was going to run for governor. His numbers were so high in polling that he had to drop out because he's like, I'm joking. I'm a multimillionaire. <laughs> right. I'm still in the right. peak of my radio fame. It's obviously dipped down quite a bit. So you got to wonder, is 2024 going to be even crazier than we think it will be with Pence saying that he wants to run? DeSantis saying that he wants to run, not quite, but he is. Mm -hmm. And of course, Trump, who says that he will announce that he is running. On the Democratic side, people are a little bit more mum mm, right. because they don't want to anger Joe Biden and they don't want to make him seem like a lame duck just yet, even though he just gave a speech and he said he had cancer, but then everyone that worked for him says he doesn't. And I was like, how'd you mess that up? Right. And he's also pulling in an all-time low Ooh. for this part oh. of his presidency. And even with Democrats, so many of them don't want him to seek a second term. They don't want him to. But nonetheless, the Dems are staying on the sidelines until the gloves will come mm -hmm. off after the midterms. I'm assuming we're going to start hearing again a lot of names being rolled out there. Some of the names being mentioned are, of course, uh, Kamala Harris would mm -hmm. basically just take over. <sighs> I know. And then um, an interesting one I've heard is uh, Governor Pritzker of Illinois. Oh, interesting. Because he's a very popular Democratic governor in not a swing state, but a Midwestern state. Mm -hmm. And when people meet him, they know he's the real deal. And he comes from the Chicago Democratic team, of course, which put Obama in the White House back in 2008. Mm -hmm. So he's got savvy mm -hmm. people behind him, a good reputation, strong numbers, and he's not Joe Biden. And you know that what? Helps too. <laughs> that absolutely does help. Again, Joe. The point uh, of being on a bicycle is to stay on it. But I felt bad for him uh, because it was a slow motion fall. Yeah. One of those falls were in his mind, obviously, for those that don't know the reference. He was biking. He stopped to talk to some reporters and he slowly fell off his bike <laughs> like he didn't even do that fast. It was one of those falls where, you know, mid fall, his brain is like, we are falling, Joe. <laughs> we're we got going any, down, anything we can do to stop this. And then his arms are like. I, I'm trying to move. I it's, just can't. It doesn't seem like we're working, brain. I don't know what's going on. The brain's like, legs. What do you got for it? The legs are like, corn pop. <laughs> I don't got much to, oh, I don't got much man. assistance to offer here. It's oh. such a metaphor. It really is the slow decline of a president, the slow decline of the presidency and the quick decline of the American economy. Not great backdrop for someone seeking a second term. When it comes to the Dems, the three names I would like to hear Polis out of Colorado. I'd love to see Jared Polis do anything outside of Colorado. Absolutely. Be good for the country. Al Franken. I think he has oh. redeemed himself. I think it would be a lesson mm. in, um, in uh, a comeback story, redemption. Redemption. Arc. I think it could yeah. be a redemption story, a phoenix rising from the ashes tale. He's also just so funny. He's just he so He was probably funny. the funniest senator in America had ever had. And he has heart. And that's what I, I look for heart in politicians. And of course, a beautiful smile. Number three, we'll see how he does, John Fetterman. But anyway, oh, I'm just a little on the Fetterman train, even though he's not responding to my text messages <laughs> or to my DMs, rather. <laughs> also, uh, Marcus Flowers, the guy who's running against Marjorie Taylor Greene. I've been in his DMs and I was on red. Oh, but he has not gotten back to me. So I'm trying to talk to these people, but perhaps they don't want to come on the show because they're too scared about the hard questions. And don't forget Gavin Newsom also just keeps dangling. He keeps doing these little things where he's going places and taking mm. the California model to see oh. if Americans will like it. Gavin, Gavin Newsom debating Howard Stern in an all hair fight. All, <laughs> only about hair it's products. All hair and all teeth. There's a lot of teeth in there. A lot of teeth. Shiny and of course, teeth. a lot of verbiage that might not match up to actions. So this is what Howard Stern told his serious XM listeners. By the way, you can listen to Open Lines every Monday, 4 p.m. PST, 7 p.m. EST on Sirius Radio. He says, I have some exciting news I'd like to share with you. Texting back and forth with someone I was interested in potentially being my vice president when I run. And he did not name the candidate. That candidate that he wants to possibly run with, again, is Bradley Cooper. What? 
a waking <laughs> effing nightmare. <laughs> well, Robin said that this guy, aka Bradley Cooper, is going to bring in the female vote like you wouldn't believe. Um, I mean, I do. I agree with most things Robin says. Obviously, she has to sure. deal with Howard on a daily right. basis. <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, we talked about Matthew McConaughey maybe going for governor of Texas. I think that would bring out some female vote. But he's also a man who stands up and represents Texas at every yes. time he can. I don't know what Bradley Cooper, besides being real handsome and being real good in that movie that I also did not see where he plays that country singer. Sure. The star is born with Lady Gaga. The star is born. They sang together at the Oscars and I thought they were going to kiss and then everyone was like, they're not involved. Absolutely not involved. (laughs) He's too busy talking politics on the pillow with Huma. So Howard Stern says... Um, that he that he texted with this person that was Bradley Cooper, and then Howard Stern says that the person texted back, "You have my vote," hmm. and then he said we had a very lovely conversation. Maybe loud mouth media figures from New York should take a break. Yeah, right. Ooh, Maybe take idea. a break from presidential elections. Yeah. Also, when it comes to the aforementioned super hunk that was, uh, you just mentioned him, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. I love Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. He's, uh, he's really sexy. He's a sexy mm-hmm. hunk. When it comes to Uvalda, he's from there. Yeah. Right. So there was a political reason why he yes, should have been speaking. The motivation. He wasn't yeah. just talking out of his ass in order to gain clout. As a matter of fact, I think when he dipped his toe into politics, he realized that it is not clear water. Mm-hmm. That is some mucky, mucky mud. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe he just wants to stay, save face and stay the hell away. Imagine right. the DMs he got when Matthew McConaughey just, you know, even suggested it. Just the sleazy politicians that immediately tried <laughs> to get in there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, well, the thing yeah. that Bradley Cooper and Howard Stern, I guess, would have going for them is that now you got Huma on the team, and she's done plenty of presidential mm, campaigns. She has. That's 2008 I- with Hillary, 2016 with Hillary. She's over two. She is over two, but let's not forget Joe. I think it was like over four, over five. That's right. Before he squeaked in. Yeah, that was to a the squeaker. White House in 2020. Yeah, he also squeaked his way into the Democratic nomination. Well, that was, you know, it was a lot of squeaking. Thank you, Elizabeth. Yes, Elizabeth thank you, Warren. Barack Obama. There was, there was a lot of reasons why he won, won the nomination. Thank you, James Clyburn. And none of it is good because, <laughs> right. again, politics are a disgusting business in many ways. And I just don't think the American people, it's not that they're not ready for it. I think they're already over it. The idea of a stern Cooper election. Exactly. Also, Stern Cooper sounds like a great name for a porn star. Mm, well, that's clever. Ben. That's a, uh, Anthony Weiner's new <laughs> DM. Yeah. What was his other name? Rodney Dangerous or something? What He called himself uh, what the hell? He something danger. Something, something danger. danger. I, I, uh, okay, this bothers me so much because Howard Stern has always been an anti-Trumper, which, oh, you know, whatever. Except when he used to have Trump on the show all the time. When it was for ratings. Yeah. But yeah. now when, you know, when Trump was elected president he was a big anti-trumper and every time he talked about running it was mostly as an anti-trump it was just to yes. just to take votes away from him and that bothers me because that's just as dangerous i feel you Absolutely. know he's just a celebrity he what has what would no, he do as president what exactly. the fuck would howard stern yeah. do as president exactly also no. during covid he lost his damn mind and was just insanely ranting again a man staring at his own clothes because he's recording in his closet it is insane and at some point you really do just get so much money that you can't relate anymore. There, that's exactly what I was going to say. He has no connection to you, the gen- at all. None. Like, And that's my issue with celebrities even running and maybe even Huma at this point. You're just so disconnected. You're right. part of a celebrity class. You're part of an elite class that you don't understand what it's like to not have money for bills or try to decide between this and that. And, yeah. Yeah. and am I going to jail if I, you know, for this? It's no. no. Which is a shame because, I mean, obviously you watch the movie Private Parts, which is essentially a Howard Stern. Yeah, it's, it's quasi fiction. It's a biopic, yeah. but he like you know stars in it himself. He came from the working class. His dad was a radio man. He worked mm-hmm. his way up through a bunch of crappy radio jobs to become what he is now. Yeah. So you think again to your point, Ben? You think you'd be able to relate with the common man a little bit more? But mm-hmm. there he is in his high rise, <laughs> and it's like you said, he's just another right. loudmouth New York media mogul. Mm-hmm. And it's like maybe sit this one out. I just don't know if America needs. Uh, you thought grab me by the pussy or grab him by the pussy was bad. Oh my I mean, God. the Stern show, very entertaining. Uh, but uh, there were some questionable characters that he certainly liked to promote. Mm-hmm. And again, obviously, Howard is just 
a bit bitter, a bit old, a bit out of touch, and perhaps looking for one final way to get in the headlines. Well, speaking of headlines, this man created them for quite a while, and now he is making them Chris Cuomo. Speaking oh, of douchebags oh, and boy. headlines. And, man. and loudmouth New York media moguls. <laughs> what, the, what is wrong with certain people? So Chris Cuomo, he fancies himself a manly man, but he's no Teddy Roosevelt. Indeed, he's more like a Teddy Ruxpin that's broken, <laughs> and he's just repeating the same the thing over and over and over again about how great the Cuomo family is and about how talented he truly is as a journalist, even though he is a complete and utter hack. He's in Ukraine, uh, evidently, <laughs> very safe, and it's kind of disgusting. I feel the same way with him going as I do Sean Penn. Like this isn't a backdrop for your show, right? Right. This isn't gonna. This isn't for you to get clout. This is a war, and it should people be are dying. Uh, people that are reporting should be war correspondents, right? Not you, Chris Cuomo. He also attempted to become a firefighter. Now, this was a publicity stunt. He wanted to become a firefighter in the Hamptons, just like every boy from New <laughs> York was. Well, well, hold on. That is where Fire Island is. And I hear he's got a long pole, <laughs> a long hose, hey, got to put uh, out these fires. Hey, you ginger, want to put out that fire on your crotch, buddy? <laughs> I call my mouth the hose. <laughs> so Chris Cuomo, he wanted to be a firefighter, and the fire department quickly said, nobody. No. Uh, because this is like a real job, and you are obviously a walking, talking douchebag. According to the EHFD chief, Dwayne Forrester, he says, it's a very time-consuming thing. There are monthly meetings and drills, and you have to meet a per and you have to meet a percentage of your calls. That's why we don't have many celebrities. So celebrities wanting to go and be firefighters and celebrities wanting to go and be president. Can't you just be a celebrity anymore? Ooh. Isn't it just fun to just go kind of get treated well and just be like, hey, I'm Chris Cuomo. And then people are like, oh, that's scandal. Huh? No one says that to him in the Hamptons. He's <laughs> welcomed in with a with a handshake and a golden spoon like he right. grew up with. Mm -hmm. Just be a celebrity. Sure. I mean, him and Andrew could go do all kinds of things out of the public eye. Maybe do some good. Maybe just do some volunteering or something like that. Only if there's a camera around. <laughs> right. And that is the issue here with Chris Cuomo. He's trying to do this podcast. I, I Even in my Facebook, it popped up uh, the Chris Cuomo project and how he's <laughs> rebuilding himself. He's freelance now. He uh. can't. No network can tell him what to do. It's like, yeah, well, citizens and listeners can tell you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Please, it'll be great. You know what is so interesting about these entities? We kind of make fun of CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, these corporate media elites who, again, have a vested interest in maintaining the status quo regardless of their angle. Right. Bill O'Reilly, when he was fired from Fox That's News, right. he thought he was going to be able to make a lateral move, and he thought the Bill O'Reilly brand is just as big as Fox News. Nope. Mm. It's not. Chris Cuomo is finding that out as well. You, Megyn when, Kelly, another Megyn one. Megyn Kelly. They find that out the hard way. If it's not easy to see you, people aren't going to search for you. Wow. And that's why radio, podcasting, the one of the reasons I love it, not just because I'm not on camera so I can kind of eat a little bit more. It's because <laughs> it's a meritocracy. It's as close as we get to a meritocracy. Right. And it just shows you again how talentless these people are as soon as they get cut from the teat. Right. Of, of broadcast. The, of broadcasting. Of course, at that time, Zucker's CNN or uh, Roger Ailes's Fox mm -hmm. News. As soon as they're cut off, right. you realize, oh. The emperor has no clothes. These people are talentless schmucks. Right. Chris Wallace suffered the same fate when he went to CNN Plus. To which save it. I think CNN Plus has lower ratings than we did. I guarantee <laughs> you Guaranteed, it does. yeah. Guarantee you. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right. Also in douchebag news, Bill de Blasio. Apparently he <laughs> Another was Another loudmouth New Yorker. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. And today is the theme, loudmouth. 
from New York, Bill de Blasio. I guess he was running for Congress in New York's 10th district, uh, but he's out. He has said that he no longer wants to do that. It's a crowded field. And again, the audacity of these people, for those that don't know, Bill de Blasio was a god-awful mayor. He may have said something that you agreed with during a speech or perhaps during a debate. There were some ideas he had that were good. He had a fun family. They would do like dances and stuff, and his wife seemed cool. The execution was the problem. Yes. Mm. That was the main problem. He had some good ideas, and the execution was the massive problem, specifically when it comes to his free pre-K. All of the buildings had mold and and had uh, lead in them. Good grief. So they just poisoned a bunch of children. But they did it for free. Oh, okay. So (laughs) So you should be glad. So you should be sad. kids hanging out that mold. You should be so glad. That your kids got free mold and lead poisoning because it can get really expensive. That's true. You know what lead's going for these days in this economy? In this economy with inflation? (laughs) (laughs) So Bill de Blasio tweeted, and I'm actually proud of him for realizing that no one likes him. It can't be easy for these sociopaths. He says, it's clear the people of New York 10 are looking for another option, and I respect that. Time for me to leave the electoral politics and focus on other ways to serve. I am really grateful for all the people I met, the stories I heard, and the many good souls who helped out. Of course, he was referring to the souls of the children that died (laughs) because of the conditions in the classroom. At the very least, I am happy. I think he knows... It's the end of the line for elected office. Yes. He's basically taking a page out of Wiener's book without having to do all the stuff that Wiener did. And, of course, the page is out of Wiener's book. It's very sticky. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. The puns. Folks. But it's like, yeah, Howard Stern, Chris Cuomo, all these people should be taking (laughs) sticky pages out of Wiener's book and just going away. So, yes, to your point, de Blasio, Uh, thank you. He's still very tall, so he'll still be, you know, very easy to spot and find, I'm sure. He'll stand out. Of course, I want to like him because he is so damn tall, uh, but unfortunately, uh, that's just not the case. Absolutely. I want to agree completely with what his campaign advisor said, uh, Neil Quatra. She said there was a cognitive dissonance with what we're seeing on the campaign trail versus what we were seeing in the streets and in the research. Hmm. It's like, yeah, that happens with all rich people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Get that woman. She needs to get a job with Howard Stern now. (laughs) And then uh, Chris Cuomo basically have her break the news to all these loudmouth New York media moguls. No, I relate to people. I talk to my delivery guy who drops off my food every day. I almost look at him. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he loves me. Yeah, I, I told him thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of CNN, they're in secret talks to poach MSNBC stars Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski because, again, that's gonna move the needle. Sure. <laughs> Who doesn't love watching a couple on TV talk like they're like they're not on camera? Right. Get Chris Wallace in there, then they'll really kick it up a notch. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll get back to some douchebag people here in a second. But before that, let's segue a little bit and let's talk about balls. Oh, testicles. Okay. The human male testicle. (laughs) Vasectomies. Oh. Can't get enough of them. According to an Iowa doctor, he normally does 40 to 50 vasectomies a month. That's quite a bit, I thought. That's quite a, a bit. That's well, quite a few dudes. After Roe in July alone, he did a hundred. Oh. So this is again when it comes to obviously we're dudes. We talk about things just naturally from a male perspective because we just are male. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean that we can't relate, empathize, and uh, mm-hmm. and of course encourage. But this is why draconian laws affect everybody. Right. And mm-hmm. the end of Roe. Now you're seeing men be like, oh, you would keep, you would have to keep that. Okay. I'm just going to, you should have to register that. So now vasectomies are becoming uh, very common. Now, of course, with vasectomies, they're not on the same level of contraception. There are some politicians who want to do away with contraception, even, right. which again is legitimately forced birth. Uh, there was a talk, there was a joke talk that they're going to take away cream pies in pornography, Ben. What? Oh. Yeah. So no more vasectomies, no more cream pie, nothing, Ben. We don't oh get my any more God. Fun. Well, as long as they keep the hostess cupcakes, I'll be just fine. <laughs> it's a different thing. Okay. <laughs> Can uh, Chris Cuomo and Howard Stern get vasectomies of the mouth? Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, anyway, according to Dr. Charles Monteith, he's a medical director of a personal choice vasectomy and reversal clinic in North Carolina. Of course, that's uh, where abortion does currently remain legal. He told Vice News that his clinic's website typically gets about 400 visitors a day. On June 24th, the day Roe was overturned, 
1,300 people wow. visited the site being like, how do I snip this dick? And indeed, <laughs> many have followed through. According to Monteth, he says, I'm normally scheduled out for two or four weeks. Now I'm scheduled out for three months. He added that he doesn't schedule patients beyond three months, but if he did, he would be easily booked by the end of four, the end or until rather the end of the year. He said, we have seen a dramatic increase in inquiries and contacts through our website and calls. And what's just so aggravating about these nine douchebags that sit on the Supreme Court, specifically the six uh, that voted to overturn Roe v. Wade is they are forcing people's actions to change. Mm -hmm. This is a direct conflict of freedom. And because these douchebags, speaking of out of touch morons, made this decision for whatever goddamn reason, now someone has to wake up, get their balls snipped on a day when they wanted to just, I don't know, not do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Six Anything people, but doing that. Six people have influenced millions of people of both sexes to have to basically make very personal decisions about how to avoid another very personal decision. Absolutely. And I am encouraging men out there, if you are not uh, wanting a child right now, my father is after I was born. He saw me and he got one immediately. He really did. <laughs> that day, I believe. As soon as I was conceived, he was like, that's going to be a trouble one. Oh, we better snip these, Laura. But it's just a reminder again, what these people say, what they write on their in their laws has a direct effect on our personal lives. And now we're seeing an uptick in vasectomies. And again, if you are not of if you don't want a child right now, uh, I would recommend something like this. But also these procedures cost money. Yeah. This right. shit probably Absolutely. is. I'm not quite sure about insurance on this. Right. Yeah. But judging by um, a lot of the policies, specifically the one that I have, I don't think that they would be covered. Right. It's elective. I it's mean, an elective unless, thing. unless you're in a medical need for it, what is? why are you getting this? It's My a sperm are talking to me, right? And they're saying some really weird <laughs> shit. Uh-huh. One told me to kill it now. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that's why I have to do it. Well, speaking of individual liberty and individual freedom, gay marriage. Whoa, let's get in the time machine because we're going backwards. Oh, man. I can't believe we're talking about married. I can't believe we're discussing this. It's so fucking stupid the world's on fire there's so many issues it's another side effect of the roe v wade decision and it, it all stems from another guy who should have a vasectomy of the mouth or brain or just you know not be on the supreme court clarence thomas yes because in his uh written opinion uh when that the roe v wade decision came out he basically said this same legal precedent in terms of leaving certain things like this up to states could mm -hmm. now apply to gay marriage. It could comply or apply to contraception and all kinds of things where now the state legislatures have control over these decisions again, mm -hmm. affecting millions and millions of people. And again, optimal words, state legislator run for state office. Mm. Maybe people will say like, what do you mean? You're the, you're the, I don't know. You're the, <laughs> If you are a local state senator, a local state house member, that is real power. And it doesn't matter if people don't really understand that because you'll know that you're the most powerful right. person in the majority of rooms that you go into. So the House has passed a bill to codify same-sex marriage into federal law. Love it. Fantastic. Again, no-brainer. 50 Democrats in the Senate will vote for it. I'm assuming Joe Manchin will vote for it. I think he will, which means they need 10 GOP senators to join in. So right now, there are four Republican senators that have said that they will support the House-passed same-sex marriage bill. That's Rob Portman out of Ohio, Susan Collins out of Maine, Lisa Murkowski out of Alaska, and interestingly enough, Tom Tillis out of North Carolina. Hmm. I say interesting because Tom Tillis ran a lot of negative ads when it comes to transgender bathrooms. Right. And I don't know if you remember the North Carolina bathroom legislation mm. that was going on. And I'm like, why are we talking about the shitter? What is going on again? There are real issues for the people of North Carolina that don't involve poop. 
But I'm interested to see that he is now likely going to support uh, this as a senator because he is a little bit more of a social conservative. Right. It is a, a bipartisan issue. And you saw it pass through the House. Obviously, Democrats supported it. And I, I believe we said about 50 Republican mm-hmm. uh, House reps also support it, including four out of the 12 Republican congressmen from Ohio. That still means eight. Republicans from Ohio voted against it. Right. But uh, nonetheless, you know, it's just it's such a, a, a legal precedent. I mean, keep in mind when it went to the Supreme Court, it was argued by the same lawyer who got Bush elected in 2000. Mm. So it is an issue that has a lot of Republicans supporting gay marriage because, again, big government being intrusive. Right. We're past that point. And obviously, Tons of Republicans have decided that this is now legal precedent. So mm-hmm. uh, it just goes to show that Clarence Thomas and, again, a lot of the evangelical social conservatives are not on the same page with their fellow Republicans. Absolutely. And I guess in a positive-ish, it seems like this is somewhat bipartisan. <sighs> positive-ish. Uh, positive-ish is Ish. right. I, the fact that we are talking about <laughs> it still yeah, sucks. That's, that's where <laughs> I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so troubling to me. It's and fair, yeah. these are these are two big red flags. I'm scared for what we're not seeing that's in Clarence's Thomas's head. Right. Or these six Supreme Court. What are they? It's the, it's the Nazi that's uh, telling them what to do. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah. And then, then you have bills like the Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida. Right. I mean, these things are gaining traction for whatever reason in 2022. So, you know, yeah, if it takes four Republicans in the Senate and 50 Republicans in the House to, to codify this, well, good. Well, it's, it's going to take 10. And currently there's only four that said that they would. And again, with Tom Tillis, he told CNN, quote, he probably probably will support the bill. So we'll see that. But now who is not supporting this bill? It is a who's who of much like Howard Stern, who's in the closet. Roger Wicker out of Mississippi. He told CNN he's no on this bill. He said, I'd probably be no. I do not believe the Supreme Court is going to touch this issue, which again, it will. It already says it will. And there's no reason to think that they won't. Marco Rubio, a man who knows more about shoes than even the person who went to go sniff AOCs during January 6th. (laughs) This person is such a little fancy boy. He's such a little bitch. (laughs) He has said it's a stupid waste of time to codify gay marriage. A stupid waste of time. His whole life is a stupid waste of time. (laughs) Jim Inhofe out of Oklahoma. Jim Inhofe, a man who says that global warming doesn't exist because of snow. Right. A man who legitimately on the Senate floor brought a snowball that he just formed like a moronic child <laughs> outside of the Capitol. It's cold. And said it's cold. Yes. He's Eric Cartman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Josh Howley, another Ugh. man that has blown more dudes than a than a a, a, a windy day in Chicago. <laughs> this man is no on the legislation. Ted Cruz. Oh, oh my God. Speaking of boots, the man who wears his special debate boots, and you know for a fact, only likes his wife because she looks like a man. Okay. Let's What's not forget. Rafael? Yes, Bye, let's Rafael. not forget also this guy who loves marriage so much, Ted Cruz, had no problem with Donald Trump calling his wife basically an ugly bitch. Yeah. And he still holds that guy's water. Yeah. He still does anything for Donald Trump. Ted Cruz is going to be the one who tells me what a marriage is supposed to be like. Right. Please. He says, if there's a vote, we'll see where the votes are. I support Mm. the Constitution and letting the democratic process operate. Yeah, you asshole. That's what they're trying to do. (laughs) Right. This should not be settled in the Supreme Court. Right. This should be settled in legislation. You codify it. Yes. It is interesting. There's a lot of uh, Democrats who I think are very upset that this didn't get codified earlier when the Democrats had Had the House House, and the the Senate Senate and and Obama. Obama, But you got to keep in mind it was a different time. In 2008, our current president, Joe Biden, who's running for vice president, you watch this debate between Joe Biden and Sarah Palin. It was the only thing they agreed on, (laughs) that marriage was between a man and a woman. And of course, (laughs) the Democrats at that time were for civil unions. And it took Mm -hmm. the Supreme Court case of uh, Obergefell uh, versus Hodges to, you know, again, have the Supreme Court, again, it doesn't codify it, but it sets a legal precedent. Exactly. And that's how we got here so as we know now precedents are there to be broken much like the rules another person voting no bill cassidy out of louisiana john cornyn out of texas who has just 
been horrible. Yeah, he's been bad. He has just been horrible, whether it be responding to the school shootings, whether it be uh, talking about ERCOT, the energy crisis they're having right now in Texas, massive heat waves. There are so many things, not that he's in control of the weather, but you know what I'm saying. People are struggling. Right, especially especially his home state of Texas. And it's straight Mm -hmm. up grifting, which is going on, whether it be with the power companies, internet. There's so much grifting going on. It's disgusting. And, of course, John Cornyn is the one who is benefiting greatly from the grifters, as he is, of course, a grifter himself. Just lastly, a guaranteed no. From the Senate Republicans is, of course, ham and biscuits, y'all. Ham and biscuits, y'all. Lindsay, are your ladybugs flaring up because there might be marriage equality coming through? My ladybugs are against it, and I am too. Ham and biscuits, y'all. Lindsay, how many um, how many times have you fallen in love with a man and wish you could get married? Uh, never, although I will say me and John McCain had a very special relationship. Uh, him, me, and Joe Lieberman. If we could all three get married, we would, but we don't because it's against law, it's y'all. Against It is disgusting. This is, again, the hypocrisy is just so gross. Maybe Lindsay is like, I just have fuckboys, so I actually don't want to get married. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) It's like John Kasich, too. John Kasich is very quote-unquote happy with but, his arrangement with his wife. Mm. Yeah, this is what uh, Lindsey Graham says. Ham and biscuits, y'all. I'll support the Defense of Marriage Act. Of course, that's DOMA. That was in the 90s. It's disgusting. But Fernando, from this perspective for you know Lindsey Graham, as a gay dude, do you think it's self-loathing? Or uh, what, like, what is, what is it? Like, I don't, I don't know. What is it? Some for me, none for you, or do as I say, not as I do. I, Liberty I, for me, but not for the... Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's But he no, must, like, hate I, his orientation. I yeah. don't even think he connects the two together. The your kind of gay is not my kind of gay. You're right. the kind of gay ruining children. Wow. I'm, I keep it behind closed doors, you know. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I It's it's a self-loathing. It's, yeah. You're absolutely right, well, Ben. It's a self-loathing. And I remember when Lindsey mm. Graham, you know, after it was revealed that Chick-fil-A was donating to anti-gay groups and charities, that like Lindsey Graham literally went to Chick-fil-A and got a picture of himself eating Chick-fil-A alone, obviously. Mm. But, you know, <laughs> it's just like... It's so it's so sad. And, oh. and Marco Rubio is the same way. I mean, right. again, my old sex worker friend, he's not allowed to tell me anything, but I'm allowed to tell everybody everything <laughs> that he told me. And Marco Rubio was also one of his clients. And it's just so strange that, again, they don't seem to want other people to have the same liberties that they do. Again, though, this pertains to, quote unquote, their holy tradition of marriage. Right. So, and I guess they don't want the marriage. And I suppose, you know, having two gay older brothers. My oldest brother, uh, he never wants to get married. My middle brother obviously got married, Mm -hmm. uh, which my parents didn't go to that wedding. And it was like a family rift. And my heart goes out to everyone who, you know, deals with that stuff. Uh, They've made amends and it is, it's family. Mm -hmm. So you gotta do your best. Right. But my oldest brother was like, I'm not getting married. I really don't care. Obviously he's in support of gay marriage, but it isn't, um, it's not uh, like, oh, you're gay. You must love it. I mean, gay People are just as diverse as anybody else. Exactly. But you both touched on something that was really important and probably what feeds into the narrative that is inside Lindsey Graham and Mark Rubio. You don't want to be gay. Growing up, wow. you know, I mean, I grew up in New Mexico in the Southwest. I didn't want to be gay. You, didn't, was, no. you didn't love every second no, of it. it I love being bullied. I love being <laughs> right. a, a pariah. I love this being is a token, you know. Oh, right. and what's my reward? Oh, I get to suck a big old cock. This is fantastic. <laughs> I love this. I love it now, but back yeah, then, yeah. Right, right, right. but back then it was a bad time. No, just kidding. Sure. But, no, of course. But, yeah, but it's it's about it's a self hate, and I'm sure these guys grew up with a lot of self hate. Like, don't be gay in their head. Don't be gay. Don't be gay. And now with power, that never went away. Right. And I guess go on. Well, and I'll just point out with the Obergefell Hodges case again. It wasn't even necessarily about you know getting the government involved in your relationship. It was about the fact that Jim Obergefell his husband from another state where they were allowed to get married where they he wasn't allowed to be in the hospital yes. room he wasn't allowed to sign legal right, paperwork right. about 
who where he was getting yes. buried and can Mr. Obergefell get buried next to him because in Ohio at that time it was illegal for gay marriage. So it's even just a legal paperwork headache for mm. a lot of these people who are just there. These are their partners for the rest of their life. They want to have those same protections that other partners have. It's I just want to be able equal to, protection. I want to be able to put them on my insurance. I want to be able mm-hmm. to visit them on a hotel. I want to be able for them to inherit uh, uh, my money, my estate. Yeah. I want them to them to be able to protect our kids together. Yeah, right. It's, it's not just about two women or two men wanting to bang out and you know whatever. <laughs> right. exactly. It is. It is just. And it's not. We just want marriage. We don't right. even want gay marriage. We just want equality. Marriage. Yeah. It's all. And of course, when it comes to taxes, it has an economic. Uh, we'll pay more taxes. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's an economic yeah. uh, angle to it as well, because, of course, you do get tax breaks once you get married. And again, as uh, Fernando alluded to, it is not the fuck fest that you think it might be. As a matter of fact, my middle brother and his husband haven't had sex in years. Oh, it's it's true. True. it happens They're to, working. It They're happens working to on everybody. It. Again, it happens. It's just like Ben said. It's a normal couple thing. It's just let them be together. Yeah. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right. Well, speaking of Cox, this brings us Hmm. all the way to Maryland. Okay. (laughs) Governor Larry Hogan. Now, this dude is not a Trump supporter. He is a Republican. And Donald Trump has a candidate that is running in Maryland that is actively going against Governor Larry Hogan. So Hmm. a lot of people are saying what's happening in Maryland is a proxy war. So the latest escalation of this proxy war between term limited Republican governor and the former president is coming in this election. So what happened is basically this. The Democratic Party made a massive mistake. They backed this dude, Dan Cox. Now, Dan Cox is a psychopath. He's a big Trumper. Trump absolutely loves him. So according to Hogan, he says the Democrats selfishly colluded Uh, with Dan Cox in order to get him to be the governor, gubernatorial candidate for Maryland. Hmm. Now, this is according to Hogan. He says Trump lost Republicans, the White House and the House and the Senate. He selfishly colluded with national Democrats to cost us a governor's seat in Maryland where I ran 45 points ahead of him. He's fighting for his ego. We're fighting to win. And the fight goes on. The tweet comes after Cox clinched a victory in his primary battle, defeating former State Commerce Secretary Kelly Schultz, a moderate who is backed by Hogan. Now, Cox could face Wes Moore, a political newcomer and a best-selling author backed by Oprah Winfrey hmm. in his as his Democratic opponent in the general election. Hmm. So Cox is a massive Trump loyalist. Trump was one of those people who praised him, and he also took aim at Hogan, calling him a rhino. Of course, that's a Republican in name only. And he says, this is a quote, uh, we can actually do it here. We got Donald Trump with us. It's right there. This is him calling Larry Hogan, a rhino, and not just because he kind of looks like a rhinoceros. <laughs> rhino Larry Hogan's endorsement doesn't seem to be working out so well for his heavily favored candidate. Next, I'd love to see Larry run for president. <laughs> so I can derail him, obviously. <laughs> there you go. So, again, Cox called for the former vice president. He called him a traitor. Uh, he doesn't believe that the January 6 events were bad, and his positions have raised tensions with more moderate members of the party, again, including Hogan. My only concern here is, as we saw with 2016, don't play this game. I mentioned it on an episode, maybe last one or the one before. It's happening in Arizona as well, where the Democrats are covertly helping out Trump Republicans because Mm -hmm. statistically they have a better chance of winning. But you never effing know who's coming out of the woodwork because a lot of people who vote for Trump support Donald Trump 
don't necessarily support taking polls. Right. <laughs> yes, because polls did nothing leading up to Trump's win in 2016. Obviously, all the polls were wrong. So, uh, yeah, be careful, Democrats, because that's what you mentioned, Ben. I remember that a couple of shows ago. Uh, the Clintons were very fine with Trump being the Republican nominee because mm-hmm. they thought it was going to be a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. It's nasty. There was that speculation of a phone call between Bill and Donnie. Yep. And Bill says, yeah, you just run. Just You're going to love yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, go that's blow up the Republican. Party it's a great idea with Donald Edge. Totally win. Wink, 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 Hillary. We got this. Yeah. It was what happened with Howard Stern, except Howard Stern didn't want to reveal his money. I mean, Trump stuck with it. And yep. look at what ended up happening. That's right. Absolutely. So Larry Hogan, he's, he's pretty popular in the state. Now, interestingly enough, in Maryland, Democrats outnumber Republicans two to one. Mm-hmm. And a recent Goucher College. Oh, you want to go to Goucher. <laughs> Get your voucher. Go to Goucher. Hello. <laughs> Oh, my God, when you get the bill, Goucher. <laughs> College, uh, Goucher College showed only 84% of Democrats would, uh, 84% of Democrats, rather, would not consider supporting Cox during the general election, which, of course, hmm. makes sense. So uh, we'll see what happens in Maryland. Right. Check out the gubernatorial race. This is a place where a lot of Democrats are like, we could get this. Yeah, it's Maryland. It's an incredibly Democrat. That's where uh, Martin O'Malley. Remember Martin O'Malley? He kind of ran for president in 2016, too. Uh, Larry Hogan followed up Martin O'Malley. Again, Martin O'Malley. If you ever watched the show The Wire, the mayor of Baltimore in that show is basically based off of Martin O'Malley. Um, so Maryland is very safe blue state. Larry Hogan. To, to Ben's point about being a rhino or a moderate, that's how Larry Hogan won over Democrats because he wasn't a Trump mm-hmm. Republican. So arguably a fellow like Dan Cox, who is a delegate, he's a state delegate, but he's so Trumpy. There's so, no way. Two, 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 two against one Democrats? With 84% no saying absolutely not. Absolutely. Yes, unless, of course, something massive happens. And again, uh, you never know. What's going to inspire the people to come out and vote? This is one thing that Cox wrote on Facebook. He says, I was in Philadelphia with President Trump's team for three weeks during the 2020 election, and I witnessed Pennsylvania election fraud. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, God. So this guy is an election denier, (laughs) and uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, (sighs) At least he's doing what another Trump acolyte isn't doing dr oz he never spent any time in philadelphia and he's running for senate in pennsylvania so dr oz is another interesting again i'm just going to say the word grifter he's running against john fetterman if i had money on it my money would be on fetterman because i do think as i've said before he's a betterman um dr oz is trying to distance himself from donald trump and it's just so obvious and it's like buddy you know these things last forever. Right. <laughs> Screen right. grabs exist. Yeah. Like it's not 1990. You can't just, as we talked about, go and tell one group one thing and another group mm-hmm. another thing and say I made them both mm-hmm. happy. And then when you get to office, both groups are like, why? Yeah. Why isn't he doing anything that he said he was going to do? Because I lied to both of you. <laughs> right. But right now, Dr. Oz is distancing himself from the MAGA movement, saying, quote, the MAGA movement is dying. This is what the Oz campaign declared in a text message deployed on Monday. He says liberals are winning the fundraising race and the American first pro-Trump movement feels defeated. Now, I don't know if this is because of what we've seen with the January 6th committee or if what we've seen with the Dr. Oz campaign just absolutely and utterly getting bitch slapped on every turn by John Fetterman and whoever is running his social media who is doing a fantastic job. And of course, Dr. Oz barely won his primary Mm. against another Pennsylvania businessman. Of course. And so the the, uh, text urged, keep the MAGA movement alive, friend. Be a fighter for Trump. So they're trying to both acknowledge that the MAGA movement is dying. And in doing so, they're saying, so you better support me. Otherwise... It's going to die forever. Right. And again, this is just one of those examples of Donald Trump choosing somebody because he said something nice to him over the phone. Right. <laughs> Maybe they met in some green rooms at some douchebag television news show they were about to go do together. Who knows? Birds of a feather flock together. And when it comes to snake oil salesmen, no one's better than Donald Trump. Other than maybe Mehmet Oz. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, from Maryland to Pennsylvania to Ohio to Georgia, 
again, Trump is on the ballot this midterm election. And whether it's candidates like Dr. Oz or this Dan Cox fella or your Herschel Walkers or your J.D. Vance's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really going to be a, uh, a referendum again on Trump and where he is. Now, again, we, we've seen he's had a couple of primary victories. Mm-hmm. But again, does that bode well for the general election? We will find out in November, but Dr. <laughs> Oz is being outraised by Fetterman. I know in Ohio, a Democrat nominee, Tim Ryan, is outraising J.D. Vance. Yep. Um, it's just, and then, and yeah, and then you have crazy ass people like Dan Cox or, and even Herschel Walker, who just, he keeps getting worse and worse. And the question is, it's not about outraising money in politics. We all know it's disgusting. It is what it is. It's about how you're raising too. Mm. Bernie Sanders raised a lot of money from people. Right. A lot of these Politicians raise money from corporations mm-hmm. and super PACs, super PACs, and just right. large chunk money from very, very wealthy people. Because, of course, the dollar is speech. It has more speech than mm-hmm. we do right. as people. Yeah. Dr. Oz, uh, recognizing that, uh, said this on the Laura Ingram show, which every time I look at her gold cross, Jesus dies again. <laughs> I just fucking there's something about a gold <laughs> necklace cross that just uh, makes me know you're a bad person right, i just know right it's like the it, it's it's like the pope with its gold right. and all of the yep. pop and i mean not this newer pope who is a better ish pope mm. i guess still the head of the largest pedophile ring in american history and world history but i, okay, I, I digress yeah. i digress yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something about a gold necklace cross, though, man, that makes you another kind of evil. This is what Oz said on that show. He says the Democrats have very cleverly taken all of these issues that have come up over the summer, the Dodd decision, the concerns about guns, and they've used these as excuses to raise money for Democratic loyalists. And if we know one thing about the Democratic Party, oh, they have so many loyalists. Oh, sure. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. They don't just flippantly sit an election out because they're not happy. Uh, I've thought of two other points uh, here on this. Don't forget that Trump might announce for 2024 in the middle of the fall midterm elections. Right. More than likely, you wait till after the midterms, you see how it goes. Even we see with Joe Biden, right? He could maybe have a a, a coming to God moment. Maybe he sees that golden cross on Laura's neck and he's like, oh my God, I should not run again in 2024. But it usually happens after the midterms because that's how you can tell. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And just lastly, when it comes to douchebag um, politicians running for office, Ron Johnson out of Wisconsin will not back the U.S. attorney nominee over their deleted January 6th, this is terrorism tweets. So Ron Johnson, he's a little snowflake. President Biden is a nominee to be a federal prosecutor in Wisconsin. He had some, uh, she rather had some tweets uh, as she was watching the events that took place in 2021, January 6th. And uh, she was like pretty upset with it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this is this is treasonous. Mm. This is horrible. Seems fine. And because of that, Ron Johnson, a man, again, who spends July 4th in Mother Russia, says, <laughs> that's not American enough for me. Good grief. Another Senate guy who needs to be defeated this fall. Absolutely. The de- I think the Democrat primary is late. I think it's in it, August. That's right. We talked about that. Johnson said this, quote, the reason we have a two-tiered system is because our justice system is increasingly populated with partisans who are incapable of administrating justice equally. Oh, he must be talking about like rights of people who maybe have um, less cash or mm. maybe they're not, uh, you know, maybe they're, they're black or something. Mm. Maybe he's talking about the over-incarceration rates Whoa. of certain groups of people. Mm. No, 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 no. He's talking about wealthy Republicans not being treated fairly. (laughs) He says... Uh, he says through the tweets that she has now deleted, Miss Sopa Shah demonstrated she would be yet another political partisan within our justice system. As a result, I'm not going to support her nomination because, again, she tweeted, "This is terrorism." Which, yeah. if you watch January 6th, it is. Yeah, I don't know. So she's not partisan enough for him, really, is what she's saying. Right. Yeah. He. She doesn't want to hang um, Mike Pence. Right. So according to Senator Tammy Baldwin, Democrat out of Wisconsin, she says Shaw is extremely well qualified to serve as U.S. attorney and Johnson is, quote, obstructing his own recommendation after both senators (laughs) backed her nomination last year. Oh, boy. So it is just partisan hackery at its worst 
And it's hurting this country because of douchebags like Ron Johnson out of frickin' Wisconsin. All of our home states have got to do better. New Go Mexico, on. Ohio, Wisconsin. And These are all swing states. They're and, swing mm-hmm, states. And, mm-hmm. and no one's asking to go crazy here. Just He's a crazy person. Yeah, Ron that, Johnson's a crazy yeah. person. Herschel Walker's a crazy person. J.D. Vance, Dr. Oz, uh, uniquely unqualified. I do wonder, and, and a lot of pundits have thrown this out there, right? Because we've been thinking, obviously, Joe Biden's unpopular. Uh, you got your inflation. You got your gas prices, the whatnot. Uh, traditionally, the, the party in control doesn't do well in your midterms. Yes. But with crazy-ass candidates like this, and with Trump butting his mm. nose into the election again in the middle of mm-hmm. the fall, again, completely unusual for him to do that, but it's Trump. And then with the Roe v. Wade decision, which now I do believe honestly will get a lot of independence a lot of suburb yes. women remember suburb women they voted for Trump in 2016 right, right. Um, they voted for Yunkin in Virginia in, right. in, in that election as well so you do wonder um, if the just the idea of abortion being completely uh, I'm illegal. I'm not sure if we can rely on suburban women well, to make on. the right decisions. I, I, I don't know. I know a woman named Karen who would say otherwise, <laughs> sir, and she would like more wine, please. <laughs> well, give them wine. But it could actually be a big motivating factor it in could. the election, and, and a lot of pundits are pointing to that. Again, it should have been a bad year for the Democrats, but this Roe v. Wade decision, these crazy-ass mm-hmm. candidates, these Trumpers, this could swing things to the Democrats' side, but again, how would they take advantage and of course how would they use this for the better good absolutely and of course when it comes to the people in the suburbs oftentimes they have procreated and I would assume their children are looking at this stuff being like okay this is crazy Yeah, I would assume the majority of youth are pro-row being established law and pro-gay marriage I Mm -hmm. would just the new generation they're getting involved Um, there's teenagers running for state rep I know in my home state of Ohio and people are fired up and they should be because right. this is going to be a consequential midterm election, folks. Yeah, just going back quickly here to Dan Cox. So he beat again Kelly Schultz. That was the uh, the nominee that was backed by term limited Republican Governor Larry Hogan. He beat them by earning fifty six point two percent of the vote, which is a pretty big victory. But again, if they have an that's open, the Republican primary. If they have an open primary system in Maryland, like they do in Ohio, Democrats could go register and vote in the Republican primary. And like we talked about earlier, it could be Democrats voting for Dan Cox because he's so crazy they know he'll lose. But then the question becomes, will he? Mm. That is a big question. Don't play with fire. You're going to get burned. All right. Well, that's a bit of a around the world. A lot. Who's a douchebag? A lot of douchebags out there. And bipartisan. Oh, good. That's a great (laughs) thing about it. There's a bipartisan amount of douchery (laughs) to go around. Next week, we are going to talk a little bit more about what we're finding out with the January 6th committee. They have some big interviews that are going to be happening this week. Uh, We're going to be in Comic-Con, so unfortunately... Uh, We will only be able to do one episode this week, Um, so we will let you know what's going on, our Mm -hmm. thoughts, and uh, my goodness, it's been crazy, specifically with the Secret Service stuff. Yeah. And also uh, former White House physician Ronnie Jackson. Um, These people are just getting crazier and crazier and crazier, so uh, we'll talk about that. We have to. Well, we must. Mm -hmm. And what the January 6th committee also, I want to throw it out to the audience, is it... uh, what do you? What's the time frame? Do you think that it would be best for the American people? Do they want to take this all the way into November? Do you think there's going to be <sighs> fatigue? Do you think it'll be I'm overkill? I'm tired of it already. Ah, oh, but there's I, so many bombshells. <laughs> there are some bombshells for sure. I just wonder what the politics are going to play out because the American people also, we are a consuming people mm. who will also say, "I'm done." Right. I got to move on. Right. Or they're forgetful people who, I mean, this is July. All this is happening by November. It's like, eh, January 6th, what? What was that? I don't right. remember. I don't recall. I don't recall. I just want there to be a resolution. If we go through all of this mm-hmm. and nothing comes up, it's just a giant right. edge fest. Yeah. I'm going to be so mad. I'm, I'm still edging over Mueller. Right. Well, and yeah, MSNBC did a segment where they're upset with Merrick Garland for not taking all the clues and the hints that the January 6th committee is presenting and actually taking 
taking legal action again. Right. They've charged 800 some of the foot soldiers who broke right. into the Capitol. But what about the people right. who instigated, planned, plotted the whole thing mm-hmm. who were hanging out at Trump Tower on January 5th? They haven't gotten to Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady yet. Oh, oh man. yeah. Well, you got to get through Bebop and Rocksteady to get to Shredder and Krang. I played the game. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was no Krang. Oh, no. Well, Krang was drunk. Yeah, Krang was real drunk. Krang is also Krang was Steve, Giuliani, basically. Giuliani right? or Steve Bannon. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we'll tell you more about everything that's going on there. Wait, wait. Who's inside who in that scenario? Uh, oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Marco Rubio or Lindsey Graham? <laughs> no, because Krang had the head in the stomach. Krang had the head. Yes, he so was the who's brain. The head and, and who's the and body? A robot, yes. Robot. The robot was just a robot. Oh, Krang yeah. was a brain. Oh. And Shredder had knives for, oh, for yes. hands. He was a body. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course. Uh, Krang had eyes on his brain. Right. And I believe uh, Bebop was a giant. The uh, pig with the mohawk. Yeah. yeah. And then Rocksteady, I, and, and was, the, Rocksteady was literally a rhino, a Republican in name only. Uh, Absolutely. There you go. All right. Also, speaking of uh, robots, we'll talk about those next week as well. They're armed. And I'm not crazy, everybody. (laughs) That's what I yell every day. I'm not crazy, everybody. Well, that makes you look sane. I know. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you're doing well out there. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.